Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. We are trying to get our music together, but welcome in to Loretta McNary Live Radio Show. And yes, you can say it with me. I'm so excited about our show today. I'm telling you, I have been listening to his music all day long. That's why I'm sounding probably a little more exuberant, if that's possible, than I normally am. And for those who have not heard him, Please, please, please make this the day that you enlighten yourself and you've got to go check out my guest, Philip Carter, award-winning gospel artist, producer, and I believe he is on the line with us now. We're going to go straight to him. If he is, hi, welcome into the show. Hello, how you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, doing fine. Yeah, so we are talking to gospel music veteran and Stella award-winning producer, artist Philip Carter. He has a new release. Well, it was released September 23rd. This month is getting away from me. I'm so sorry. It is it's gone. It's October. <laughs> you say it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> I know. It's October 3rd already. It's just so hard to believe. But I have been on YouTube listening to... Um, your music, and I'm going to purchase the CD because I know how important that is, and plus I want to listen in my car. I don't want to have to look, go to YouTube to get as a source for my gospel music. So um, tell me, you've been doing this for a while. I met you, I don't know what year it was, on the Stella, at the Stella Awards on the red carpet, and oh, wow. I know you were <laughs> a ton of people, so we've actually wow. met in person and I talked to you. Yeah. So I let me just jump right in, Philip. You are a young cat, but you have this old vibe like um <laughs> I just can't even tell you. Like James Cleveland and I used to go to a, a Boston Baptist church with uh Reverend Orrid Mays and I mean, you have this old school vibe, but now you're um Fusing it with this good, good contemporary gospel sound to me—that's just me. But you still remain true to the gospel choir effect. <laughs> so, is that something you always do, or this how you started it? Yeah, I mean, I you know I did come from the roots of a James Cleveland slash Thomas Whitfield slash Richard Smallwood slash Timothy Wright. All those influences are in my head all of the time when I'm writing music or something inspires me. I I think though, you know, but I, I'm always in touch with what's going on with the younger generation under me as well too. You know, I, um, I make sure I'm, I'm constantly um, aware of what's going on, learning new things, new styles, how to infuse it. But ultimately I really think good anointed music is just good anointed music. I don't really care what style it is. I think it will make its mm-hmm. way. If you keep creating it, it will make its way, and people will have to take notice of it after a while. Um, so that's I hold on to that belief because as this, as this inter, as this industry is changing, you know, people change, uh, their tastes change, radio changes, styles change, everything, but good music remains the same. And um, and so <clears throat> that's I just hold on to that as I keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, and I agree with you. Um, of course, the message never changes. It should never change. Yeah. No one should change. Ever mm-hmm. try to change the message? 
because that is definitely going to not get you far. But the way that people are reached changes. So I yeah. like how you use in that old school, new school vibe with your gospel music because, you know, mainstream does that. They do it really well. So why not let us do that? Because I am definitely a Hillsong vibe kind of girl, but I will okay. never, ever leave my gospel choir roots. That is just what stirs my soul the most. And you do that through your music. You remind us of the good old days, the way we used to worship and how important that is. Right, right. And you know what and whatever you like at this point, I do I do think we all kind of run in circles and and, and I think mm-hmm. the key is, is is just to be open to what to what season you're in, um, spiritually, to what season you may be in musically. Like I listen to Hill Song, you know, and, and it may last three months, and then I jump right back into uh, mm-hmm. Ricky Diller or something like that, or Ty Tribble. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean yeah. different kind of modes. Yeah. It's just that I'm I'm open, and I and I really get irritated when people um, make us. They they say things like, "Well, you know, this is real. You know, this is the, what God wants right now, and He doesn't want this, or this is where the message is really being spoken." Well, that's not true. That's just simply not who true. Who can speak for and, God? And, who who is yeah, so brave well, that they can speak for God? Well, you know, I may be. I may have been raised one way, and then you know, I'm so tired of that that I go and I do mm-hmm. something else, and now there's something else that I'm doing. Now that's the gospel truth, and how you were raised. That's but that was some, you know, that was that was that was something totally different. It wasn't the real thing. Now I'm a part of the real thing. It's almost like somebody joining somebody else's church, and then you dog the last preacher out and say he never preached a word. Well, you exactly. never thought to listen, mm-hmm. or maybe you're in a different yeah. season. You know, so it's just recognizing what season we're in. You know, uh, how music is changing, how we are changing, and and just go with the flow and be open to everything that God may have for you. Yeah, I I just <laughs> I just like that I have found the contemporary gospel and I and I do love that because like you said there's a place. There's a place for it and when you really just worshiping God but then there's sometimes when this world hit you, I I'd love my contemporary but when I get hit by life, I really always and I'm I'm still uh, gospel Baptist because you know I grew up Baptist, so I'm st- that's mm-hmm. still my first love and will always be my love because that music really does stir my soul like nothing else does. So yeah. I don't have to pick, I don't have to choose, and I don't have to defend it. But I always right. go back to the the beautiful choir music. I just love that because that's that's my foundation. So. Um, yeah. You know, we always go back home. You always go back home. Yeah, absolutely. So you absolutely. began. Um, playing music at 18 months so is your family also um because i don't know that much about you prior to you really getting out there so i don't know how about your personal family life so that yeah. i read that you started playing the piano at 18 months and started directing the choir at nine yeah my father was in is a church musician my mother's a singer and she's a musician too um but uh, you know, I got the bulk of what I got from my dad, and uh, even at, even mm-hmm. at seventy eight now, he's still playing in church. And um, so when my mom used to sing around the house, you know, I used to um, I used to go to the piano and try to pluck out what she was singing. And after a while, it started making sense. And that's and that's really how it all got, it, it it all began. And then around four years old, I started taking lessons. So. But yeah, everybody in the house can oh, play a little wow. something. I just I just decided to try to make a living off of it, which which nobody else has done. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my goodness! Yep. Do you remember 
um, your first time directing? I mean, nine years old. Uh, yeah, I remember. Well, see, I don't remember my first time directing, but I do remember. I I remember the first negative experience I had in church, and it Ooh. was around nine or ten, when I was asked to substitute for another director and play for an adult choir, and he needed me to teach them the parts to a song. Well, you know, I'm cute, I'm little, I'm young, and I'm sitting here with these people who are 35 to 55 years old, and while I'm teaching, they're just having their own little party in the conversations. I say, excuse me, I say, I'm trying to teach you the song. And one lady pulled up to me and said, Do you, she said, lady, she said, if you say one more thing to me, I'll slap the S out of you. And what? I said... I said, well, hold on. My mother's down the hallway. Let me go get her before you do it. And oh, by the time God. I got halfway down the hall, the lady started howling, crying like church folks do. Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, blah, 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 blah. Because she knew if I got my mama, it was going to be a brawl. It was going to be a brawl in the sanctuary. Because <laughs> <laughs> mama was not going to have that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right or wrong, you ain't going to slap my son. You know what I mean? I'm going to slap him. I know that's right. <laughs> yeah, oh, so she was trying to hurry up and repent. Bless her heart. Absolutely, she was crying, and I like she she did one of them church cries. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so ugly cries, say, oh my yeah, goodness, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was wondering what was going to happen. Remember, but <laughs> but you know what? I I can see from her point, but don't disrespect the anointing because you don't understand it. That's what we have to learn. Whether they're, you're mm-hmm. nine years old or you're 36 or 26, we have a tendency of what we don't understand. We will disrespect quickly. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I hope somebody will be blessed by what was just shared in a way that they've never been blessed by. You just cannot disrespect the anointing just because you don't understand it. Well, so I know. Look, you know for, <laughs> I was young. I I was I I spoke to them. I spoke to her and them really respectfully. I didn't say anything. I, I you know out of you know I said you know I said I said I said, I said can y'all please you know, let me teach you this song? And um, you know and she took it the wrong way and just went and just went just went on me about it. But you know it never happened again. And, I mean even teaching other <laughs> choirs it never happened again. Or I was a member I mean, there. You I, know I can see that. Oh, so they knew yeah, I was, you yeah, had of course. a gift. Yeah, oh, sure, sure, oh, okay. sure. They knew all about well, me. You know, you, yeah, because, you know, I, I mean, perhaps the guy shouldn't have asked me to take over that choir uh, for that for that rehearsal because that was, he probably didn't know they was going to act ugly like that. Yeah, without some kind of formal backing of you or introduction, just sending you in there to the wolves. But, <laughs> whew. I bet you never have that problem now. Is all I can say. <laughs> no, I just I just close the keyboard up and walk out the door. You gonna say something to me out of character? We just we all we all going home. How about that? <laughs> choir rehearsal is over. Choir rehearsal yeah, is over. Choir rehearsal is over. Yeah, that's right. It's over, and you may be over too. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! And people don't understand how beautiful choir sound because I used to be in a choir, and I'm telling you, it was just like family. So of course you're gonna have these disagreements. People don't like people. People don't want to sit by somebody. They mad because somebody else is leading the song that they wish they could lead. So, but on Sunday morning, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> you would never know any of that stuff was happening at, at the choir rehearsals. I gotta love right. it. Right. Gotta love it. Yeah, absolutely. So when you 
um, decided to start the Sounds of Victory. Do you remember what was going on in your mind? Because now it just seemed like it was just a perfect thing. Was there any anything pulling you away from that or just something that happened that said, look, I need to get this together and let me just do this? And then you have so well, many was, people. Yeah, I, w- I was writing songs, and um, I wanted to know how they sounded. So I had a few friends. I called them together. six people. I called them together. And um, you know, asked them to you know could they bear through me just showing them some songs? And then another friend of mine who is now my pastor had a studio in his garage. And um, after I, after I, after I found out that they sounded halfway decent, after I finally heard how, how everything came together, I decided to just record a few of them just for my own personal just my own personal edification. And then that turned into that turned into that was like on the January or February that turned into a June recording in 1997 at the church at the First Baptist Church in North Brentwood and it was from there on, you know, I kept going and in 1999 I decided to start my own label. I was offered a contract back in 97 and 98, and I had two friends that were attorneys, and by the time they explained that contract to me, I knew then that my lot was never going to be with a major label outside of distribution or anything like that. And, um, you know, I started the day I announced to my church that I was going to start my own, my own label and all that kind of stuff. A lady walked up to me and wrote a $2,000 check right then and there and gave it to me. And uh, I would never forget. I would never forget that it was, it was confirmation. Didn't mean that the road was going to be rough because I spent, you know, my wife, been me 15 years, and I told her I appreciate every day because we could be millionaires if I wasn't in the music industry. And um, mm. it, the, ro- the, the road has been rough, and so you know that's even why I st- that's even the reason why we started the Independent Gospel Arts Alliance Conference to teach indies the real business, the nuts and bolts, and not just how to be an artist or a great worship leader, but you got to learn how to be a business person. The business so side all of that, it, so yeah, true. All that you all that you see me doing now is more of a result of, you know, me learning the business than being an artist. So, um, so you know, it's all that has led up to this, which I'm, I'm very grateful to God about. Um, and, you know, I, I thank God for the rough road. It has been a rough road, I mean, and but it's a lot of – I get a lot of enjoyment. And Kurt Franklin told us something 15, 16 years ago. It was a group of us in a room at the Gospel Music Workshop of America. And it's probably about a hundred of us in the room, and most of us were songwriters. And he and he said to all of you, all are independent. He said, "Let me ask you one question: Would you rather?" Uh, he said, "Do you want fame with men, or do you want fame at the bank?" He said, "Choose ye this day." And my answer was the bank. And so all the checks mm-hmm. come to my house. And I, it doesn't have to get rerouted <laughs> through somebody else to get to me. So, um, yeah, you know, I want to I want to build a legacy. Yeah, I want to build a legacy for my wife and children. They know all about what I do, and, and so you know, all, all all this stuff is boring talk to somebody who just wants to sing. But you know, if if, yeah. if you really want to be down with this thing, there's not there there isn't but a few independents in this country that really really do well. But Sean Mitchell is one of them. Um, of course, Kirk, Franklin, and Tamla, man, they're in a different tax bracket, so they, you know, so they, they are doing pretty good, but not many mm-hmm. others. Everybody else is tied to some kind of financial backing, you know, in order to do what this do. But if you're going to take this road, you really, really got to be be willing to weather the storm. It's almost like 
taking medium to high risk investment in Wall Street. You know, you you can take you take huge losses, but you also can have huge gains. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I would go. I would have made that same choice that you that you've made because, man, you have to sell mm-hmm. out so much of who you are mm-hmm. just for a percentage of what you're worth when you do that. And that's not you know what you've done and what I've done as entrepreneurs is not for everybody because people don't want to. Um, they don't want the risk that's involved, but at the same time, nobody can come take what we have. Nobody can get the credit. They can't take the downfall for it either. So when you started right. the – so that was a big reason of what, or that's a big part of what you do with the Independent Gospel Artist Alliance conference that you have is that yeah. you're sharing that kind of information about how to manage your careers and, and your business and – you know, the pitfalls, and then, of course, you know, the, the joy of doing this as an independent person. Yeah, and it helps people to understand, is this something they really, really want to do or which route they want to take? Because I have no problem with anybody signed to a label. I mean, I have artists under my label, and, you know, and 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 they're happy to be there because they could never do what I'm doing. You know, that's a whole different that's a whole different thing to do what I'm doing. So it helps people to understand – what it is they want to do and which route they need to take. And, but I tell people the biggest deal is whatever route you choose to take, know what everybody does so that you'll know how to uh, supervise something or you'll know how things are supposed to go from the, from the, you know, from the, uh, the, the attorney on down to the label, uh, royalties. Learn how all this works so that you won't be ignorant when monies are dished out or that you'll, you know, so you'll know how to govern yourself accordingly. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Wow. See, that's good stuff. I'm glad we kind of added that, and they can go to your website and get inform- information about that conference and to contact you because sure. I know in mainstream music that is what they teach. They have a ton of organizations, like here in Memphis, Tennessee, we have a ton of professional organizations that help artists develop not only their craft, but they're also their business mentality so that they can, you know, make greater choices whether they want to be independent or even if they sign with a label, this is what my expectations are, this is what marketing does, this is the difference between, you know, throwing my own uh, release party and waiting on my company Mm -hmm. to do it, so... I commend you on that, and I know that takes a lot of time out of, you know, creating what you, as you are so awesome at, which we're getting ready to get into that now. But thanks for doing that. I really, as a business owner, I really appreciate you um, having that tool available for artists. So that's pretty, that's amazing. And I just wish people would understand the value and everybody should know something about the running of a business. So let's talk about, yay, Live from Zion. Oh my God! It's, 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 oh, it's church heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'm telling you, I've been listening all morning, and I am in that zone, and it just took me back to, like I said, my roots and my foundation of when I first um, learned about Jesus and just. Mm building my relationship with him, the foundation, and the words of the songs and the movement of the music. So um, tell us about Live from Zion from your own um, personal perspective. It's, it's, a, it's a collection of songs that I did at a church called Zion Baptist Church, and some of them are songs that are older from writers that I've known throughout the years that I wanted to redo. And, um, and some of it's my own stuff, like the new single, We Worship You. Um, but mm-hmm. it's a collection of songs that I wanted to put together something that people could 
they could grab a CD and say, hey, there's five or six songs off here I can teach to my choir. And all of them have strong mm-hmm. messages. They're biblically based. And, they're, and you can use them for different parts of your worship. So that was my whole goal, to put something like that together. And um, I think we did it. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I, and, it's, and it's one of them type of projects where it has to sit with you for a while, uh, you know, in order for you to really grasp what's going on. Yeah, because, you know, we get caught up in our traditional way of listening. Like, one of my favorites is I'll Fly Away. Uh, I just Amen. love that song. And I love what you, you did to it. It's still a very good choir song, but you did change it up somewhat. And then it was another one. Yeah. I think about it, go back to the list. But um, so you wrote the one that the We Worship You. The others are, like, remakes. You, you added your own Philip Carter way of doing those older songs. But tell me about you know, what your thought process was when you were writing We Worship You, because it is definitely a beautiful worship song. Well, thank you. I don't, I don't really, I, I don't have no amazing, like, drop-dead story. I was in the house one day, <laughs> and I was talking to a friend of mine, and we just decided we was going to write a song. He, he wrote a song where he lived, and I wrote a song, and, it, it, and I've been writing that song for, like, the past three or four years. I couldn't figure out where to go with it. Um, I had to think about, you know, why is that I worship God? What is it about my worship that's so powerful? And what is the melody? Is the melody saying what, you know, is the melody complimenting the words that I'm really trying to say? And I I came to this conclusion that I I really just wanted people to kind of float in the air. I really wanted my worship just kind of, it just, when I'm in worship with, 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 uh, you know, with um, God, I'm just floating in the air and, that's kind of how the song. That's kind of the way the song kind of takes you. It just you just you just sitting there. You you know it just causes you to go into another place. And 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 you know once I felt like the song was there, then I was ready to record it. Because but I, but I mean I've had that song sitting on my computer forever, just sitting there trying to figure out what in the world am I trying to do with this thing here. <laughs> it is so beautiful, and it really does puts you in a place of um, pureness in your spirit and gives you peace in your spirit so that you can really listen to those words of the song. And that's what God just wants us to do. That's the best place to be is worshiping him and how you yeah. just, uh, it just adores him. It just talks. So, you know, I love that song. Mm-hmm. And I also love, because like I said, there are 16 songs on his new Live from Zion CD. You all have mm-hmm. got to check it out. Um, Behold the Lamb, because that was an older song, and you redid it. Well, actually, it's, it's, it's an older one song of the I older did. Songs? Yeah, but it was, it was one of those songs mm-hmm. I wrote back in the day, and yeah, I, re- right. I wanted to redo it again. And um, and actually, when I go overseas um, to like Poland, Denmark, I frequent there a lot. Um, they just love that song, um, and um, and people here, I've gotten people to start using it for communion, and. Mm. You know, it's just a, it's, it's just a, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's worship, but at the same time, it's got a little churchiness to it, you know, but I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. God gave it to me and I just appreciate it and I love it. I don't, you know, I really don't, it's one of them songs where you sing and you don't really care how people really feel about it. You just really, really love it. It really, <laughs> it speaks to me. And, you know, there's some people Aww. that really, really love this song as well, but it's not one of those like songs that, you know, that I, that I, I push on, I could hand over to a radio and everybody's just going to fall over. You know, We Worship You has that appeal to it. But mm-hmm. Behold the Lamb is one of them songs that'll get you, it'll get you down the road. You know, you don't put the CD down, you pick it back up six months later. You say, oh my gosh, there it is, right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about He Kept Me? 
Oh, he kept me was a song written by a pastor named Arlene Crawford, um, and she we actually I actually produced her record years ago, and um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to redo the song. I wanted to, I had a vision to redo the song, and I have a girl named Elise who's on there. She's a real, she's like a jazzy singer, and uh, I said this would be perfect for her. We just need to put a spin on it and make it work, and it just has one of them you know the neo soul type of things going on with it. And, uh-huh. um, you know, so I, I really, I really, I, look, I, it's another song. I really enjoy it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it's one, it's, 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 it's an, it's an acquired taste like collard green. But the <laughs> message is strong in it. Taste. See, I just it's, love yeah, worship music taste. and I love choir music too. So out of all mm. the ones, which one is that, that choir song that you just know people are going to take hold of and just really well, get in the there. The one that it. has, we worship you, we released for, you know, because we, there's, there's just a lot of urban push right now in, in, in the market. But the song that gets mm-hmm. everybody hands down, the winner on the album is He's a Friend Unfailing. When we do that song, <laughs> when that song is played anywhere, it's a rap. We can go on and sit down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's over. I, in fact, I did a concert last weekend. I, it was me and uh, Jason Nelson, and we were supposed to go back to back. We were supposed to sing three songs apiece, and we ended up. And, and I ended up. I made a big mistake. I did. He's a. I did. He's a friend unfailing first, and we shouted. So I just sat down. It was. Oh, we did a one song event. It was over. <laughs> a friend young and young Ooh. and old. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's, yes. it's a blessed song, and uh, you know, um, written by the late pastor Elder Ricky McCrimmon. Mhm. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you on that one. I definitely agree with you on that. If you need to just get in there, go all the way in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> well, that's it ain't going to be as pretty as a worship song, but it's going to get you in there, man. It's going to get the job done. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's definitely yes, going to get the job done. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even ask you how much time we had, but I think I think we had like 15, 20 minutes. I, Would you go ahead? Definitely. Yeah, I, I got to get ready to go in a minute. Okay, so I mean, I just thank you for your time. It's a pleasure to speak with you on the radio, and I I just love how you share and your passion for what you do, and that choirs are still rocking. I'm telling you, the choir music will never go out of style ever, ever, ever. We even fuse it at infuse it at our church. So I love how you had something on there for everybody. You didn't just say one way, but I'm telling you, all of us. That's everybody. Crossover music, choir music is crossover music still, and it rules and rocks. So thank you for staying Absolutely. true to that, for always staying true to that. Thank you, man. I appreciate so, the interview. So where can they get your CD and find you, and then we're going to close out? <laughs> you said what? Say that again. I'm sorry. I said where, tell, tell everybody where they can find your music and find oh, you online. You can, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can go to philipcartermusic.com, and the music is everywhere that – Digital music is sold online, and you can go to your local bookstore, family Christian bookstore. If you're in the South, Lifeway bookstore chain, mm-hmm. maybe even some Walmarts, um, and you can pick up the project live from Zion. Um, it'll, you know, it'll it'll really bless you. Yes, it did me. I promise you. That was early this morning. I still have that high. I have the residual effect of now I'm talking to you, but um, much success, continued success to you, and I'm sure we will hear more about in the, on the big screen of this thing. Some You're going to get some nods on this, I promise you. Somebody, Dove War, Stella Ward, somewhere, you're going to get some nods on 
on this. Thank um, you new so CD much. That you got God is. God has been good to me already. I mean, even this year as a producer. I mean, uh, it was a project out last year, Maranatha Top Twenty Five Gospel, that rose all the way to top, tw- rose all the way to number two behind Kurt Franklin's uh, last project, and that's in stellar contention for this year as well. That I that I produced, and I have another project going to Walmart this Friday called Maranatha Top Twenty Five 2017. So, you know, God is just Ooh. working it out for me in so many different ways. Um, I cannot describe and you know um, I just praise God and, and the good thing is is that if it, had, if it had happened earlier 10 years earlier whatever I wish it would have happened I wouldn't have been financially prepared for this, and I wouldn't have been mentally prepared for this onslaught you know what I'm saying right. so mm-hmm. I just really mm-hmm. I'm just really appreciative to God for putting me where he needed me to be um, so I could be ready to you know to handle the, um, the things he had for me to do everything that comes with it I agree with you well, that was Amen. beautiful. I thank you for your time, and uh, we'll keep you lifted up in prayer. So, um, everybody, Please just go do. out and find the CD live from Zion Philip Carter. You will yes, be ma'am. glad that you did and blessed by it. Thank you all so much for listening to Loretta McNary Live. We'll see you next time on the radio. Don't forget to tune in. On Wednesday, we have Brian Popping coming in at 2 o'clock. And on Thursday at 12 noon, we have Helen um, Shelton, she's a award-winning international PR specialist, so get those questions answered. Until then, everybody, be blessed, enjoy what you do, and keep God first. We'll talk to you the next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Everything one sound well. You know how we rock and roll.